93.3 FM, LRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Almost amigos, we got a ton to get into today. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation if you would like to. You can also join us at ESPN Radio NOLA is the way to join us via social media. Got plenty, including, of course, the New Orleans Saints. The injury report came out yesterday. I don't know if it's uh, one that you kind of like or not. We'll go into that here in a quick sec. Also, Pelicans. Getting the wind yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Giddy will float it into Shea. And he throws up a three. From 37 feet. Nothing but net. Temple was trying to foul him. They didn't call it. Inbound to Devontae. Three-quarter court. Good if it goes. He baked it in. He baked it in. He baked it in. The Pelicans have won by the most improbable shot you can even think of. Back-to-back improbable shots. And the Pels win it 113-110, and they are running off the floor and getting the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> Todd Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted. It went from, what the F to, are you kidding me? I mean, that was a game you wanted the Pels to win. They should have won, got a outstanding performance by Brandon Ingram 34 points there Valanchunas 19 Graham 15 with that three Hart at 11 it was a game you, you, you absolutely wanted the Pels to win and then you know the Thunder get get that three and he was trying to get the foul and that was just a luck shot I would have gone in overtime and, and we're going to get into it a little bit more here later on Andrew Lopez is going to join us at 205 but Man, every win matters. And I know we've had discussions about, you know, getting a lottery pick. Is Zion going to play or not? There's a lot of negativity or just things that aren't fun to talk about when it goes around this basketball team. But as I said this morning on another show as a guest, I said, I do think building a culture of winning, building your foundation is important to whatever house eventually is going to, you know, lay on top of that. And seeing how they are with one another, how they play for this head coach, how, again, they celebrate afterwards, you just, that can translate, right? You're going to find some guys, some pieces, some additions to sort of do that. If Zion comes back, what will this team sort of look like in that aspect of it? But it's sort of like when we've talked about this week about the Saints. We've had some callers. We've had some people say, you know, maybe it's better if they don't win these games and things like that. They don't know that, though, right? Since Sean Payton's been here, it's been about, as Drew Brees used to say, and as Sean says it, and as you hear the current players in the black and gold say it, all they know is going every single day hard, building, trying to win that week, that game. And it becomes routine. It becomes your foundation, your way of life. So, yes, I know it's just win number nine. And... In the whole grand scale of things, it's still a season that you didn't wish you had. But as we talked about yesterday on the show, this is the team has to change its mindset, its approach. Maybe it has before, then, and we've been talking about it. I think fans as well, and the media approach there as well. It's no longer, well, hold on until Zion comes back, or once Zion comes back. It's, you know what? When he steps on the court, well, wow, there he is. You have to approach this as that team, that roster, those guys right now have to find ways to win. And, yes, I know the Thunder were just one game above you in the standings, but it's one game above you, one team above you. And you were six losses going into that game yesterday. Now 55 games left in the season, but six losses back of the 10th spot, the play-in, which is what you want to do right now with the start that you've had with the loss of Zion for most of the start of the season, right? And I just couldn't help but watch that at the end. You know, B.I.'s talking to Jen Hale. 
Then it turns to Devontae Graham, and everyone's just congratulate one another. Man, it's just a different sense and feel than that locker room last year when they didn't get wins and then it came up short. And I think that's a foundational piece. I'm not saying that's how you're going to win a championship or not, but you can't win a championship if you don't have guys playing for one another. You can't have it if they don't like who they're playing for with the coach. And I think you're starting to see B.I. take that next step. I don't know where it's going to be and, you know, if he's going to be top five, top ten in the NBA but you're seeing him take that next step. You're seeing him drive to the basket, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, 34 points, 11 to 15 from the line. Yes, they, they missed some free throws yesterday. That could have been their downfall. They went to the line 36 times, knocked down 24. They were 19 of 19, the Thunder. That really helped. But look, again, it went from, no, are you serious? You're going into overtime too while wow, you won. Devontae Graham did that also by the way, against Utah, if you remember, earlier this season. So, again, to me, exciting win, nice win, and I guess that's how you have to look at this season, right? It's a game, that game, did they win it? Was it something worth watching? And it was. A lot of shot-making involved, and at the end of the day, they found a way to win head coach Willie Green. When I saw the ball, when I saw it released from Devontae's hands, I just said, Lord, please. <laughs> and, um, he delivered. Uh, but no, it was, it was, uh, a crazy ending to, uh, an up and down game. Both teams, um, just fought, battled, and, uh, I'm glad that we're on the winning side of it. Um, great way to end, in this, in, in a road trip. No, no doubt. And also, as far as the final shot, Devontae Graham. Uh, I mean, I thought GT had fouled him. And then, I mean, I'm just glad they didn't, you know, call like an and one or something crazy like that. But uh, when he hit the shot, I'm just like, oh, man, we don't got no timeouts. I was about to take the ball out. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to try to get one up. So then I told Josh to come and take it out, and then I just let it fly. Um, and then I just seen it going, and I'm like, oh, man, I got a chance. And then when it went in, I just ran around like a crazy person. <laughs> now, you heard me just mention – each win's important. What does it mean for the team? And Devontae touched on that afterwards. Uh, it's big. You know, every win is big for us. Um, like we got a good group of guys. We play hard. Uh, we put ourselves in a position to win most games. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure things out because we're young. Um, you know, our mistakes that we be making sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot as coach say and some of these games should be going our way but we're you know kind of giving them up and stuff like that but we continue to fight and you know we got like i said we got good group of guys and we're gonna keep getting better that's it bi we encourage you know hopefully we get the same juice when we continue to go to each practice and go to each game um but we we also we also got to look at the things that we did wrong you know we 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 could have been um, over the hump in this game a long time ago, um, maybe in the third quarter, just getting some stops, um, being better on the offensive end. We had a we had some turnovers, a lot of turnovers in that first half. So we 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 found we found some good and bad off of it, but we definitely um, have confidence from that game. All right, so one thirteen, one ten was the final. There we can discuss that throughout the show here as well. As I said, Andrew Lopez is going to be joining us. Uh, to discuss that tomorrow night, the Milwaukee Bucks over at the Smoothie King Center, 7 p.m. Giannis Drew, uh, coming to town for their only visit in the regular season, uh, against the Pels. So let's see how they do tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about that. As I mentioned, the black and gold back at work yesterday, Saints injury report. I don't know if it's really that encouraging from this aspect of it. Y you would like to get your tackles back. We were hoping Ryan Ramchek would, would, would show a sign via the injury report that he was on his way back. The problem is he was one of five Saints players that did not practice. Ryan Ramchek didn't practice. Teron Armstead didn't practice. Now, he did play last week. He could be just resting him, right? Caden Ellis didn't practice. Hammy. Garrett Griffin, Hammy didn't practice. And little Jordan Humphrey still out with the hamstring. We said it last week when he popped up on that injury report on Thursday. Hammies don't heal in 24 hours. So we didn't expect him to play last week. Hamstrings take a bit, so likely he's not playing this week. Now, Pete Werner, elbow limited. Chauncey Gunner-Johnson, toe limited. Marcus Davenport, shoulder limited. Taysom Hill, right finger, full go. And as far as Taysom Hill goes, 
He obviously understands what this game means between these two teams. It's two good football teams, you know, and, and you look at the last, obviously, Tampa going and winning the Super Bowl. We won the, the division last year. They went and beat us in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. And So I, I think that that probably has more to do with it than Saints versus versus Tampa Bay than just, you know, we've got two really good football teams that have been vying for the division um, the last few years. And, um I think the you know the late hit penalties, all that stuff. I you just you have to play this game with emotion, you know, um, and that's something that they they do really well. A high energy team play with a lot of emotion, and again, I like I respect I respect this team, and um, and and again, I, I'm excited for the challenge um, and look forward to it. Sean Payton on Wednesday touched on the ability to handle the emotions of this game from his team here as well. Uh, there's no love lost, for sure. Jimmy and Gretna, thank you for calling the Sports Hangover. Sir, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well, man. Did you enjoy that last hey, man. night? Yeah, look, listen. I'm going to get to that shot okay, mm-hmm. in a second. I want to pay my condolences to the Southern Miss fan base here. Miles Brennan <laughs> right. has decided to stay at LSU. And look, I, I, don't, I don't blame the guy. Max Johnson uh, dips out. I mean, the guys had really bad luck. It's his team, man, so I, I wish him the best. I, I was hoping Frank Gore Jr. wouldn't have to play quarterback for Southern Miss next year, but it looks like he might. Um, as far as that shot, man, look, Graham, I think he hit a shot, a game winner earlier in the season. So, uh, look, I'm a big Pelican Utah. fan, guys. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the Utah game, correct. And we never win at Utah, but because of that elevation, which is the, the most uh, it's the biggest advantage in the NBA. Let's be honest here. That elevation kills people. But uh, Graham, it did it again. He's been a great pickup. Jonas has been a great pickup. And, and look, I, I know people give Griffin a hard time. And, and, and look, Gail Benson was at the game last night. Yeah. Uh, said something about her. We got to support this team. I know people, I call in and I say, look, uh, tickets are 3 bucks, 2 bucks. Right now, they're 6 bucks on the secondary market against the NBA champs tomorrow night, Gus can't beat that man where can you see giannis and drew holiday and and the champs anywhere in the country for six bucks but the pelicans tomorrow night on a friday so look come out support the game but yeah man sorry to hear about miles brennan not going to your alma mater and uh as far as graham dude i I think that was the longest game winning shot in 25 years yeah Uh, that's crazy man and and dude honestly really there were three shots I, at seven, at the seven second mark, I thought uh, Ingram yeah. had won the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, uh, uh, Alexander, hit the shot from thirty foot. I'm like, okay, we're going overtime. And then of course Graham hit the eighty footer. So yeah, it was a crazy ending. And um, and look, I mean, the last three weeks, though, Willie Green got them playing hard. And I've criticized Van Gundy. I definitely criticized Alvin Gentry, but I think Willie Green has what it takes as a coach to turn this program around. I think he's, you know, and I'm a believer, whether it's a coach in football, Gus, or, um, you know, basketball, like look at Southern Miss, Will Hall, get a young guy, unproven, doesn't have a lot of money, isn't old, it doesn't take a bunch of blood pressure pills, a guy who's going to stay up all night and give you everything. That's what you're going to get out of Will Hall, Willie Green, those kind of guys. Yeah. I hope Sean Payton can squeeze out a couple more years. But, again, when you get older, you know, but, look, Willie Green's got what it takes. They've been playing hard the last three weeks. And, and six bucks for a ticket tomorrow? That's crazy, man. People need to come out there and support it. Otherwise, it's going to be all Giannis fans, all these guys from Algiers and Terrytown, Gus, wearing <laughs> Giannis jerseys. That's embarrassing. The, the best uh, bank's all about happens. the bucks, huh? That is sad. <laughs> I love that. Best bank. It's all about the bucks. Now, Jimmy, look, like I said, it, it, you have to look at it as a microcosm, right? Every game, you got to try to get wins. You got to try to find things that you think will correlate when things get better. And again, uh, it, it's tough to plan for when you don't have a player that you think is going to play and put up some historic numbers last year. So, but again, you, you can't just go every day. Oh, what is this the week? Is that, is it next week? So, Maybe they've done that in the locker room, and maybe they've, you know, maybe that that's what that chat was with Willie Green and Brandon Ingram. Maybe that's what that chat was. Um, go, this is your team. Go take it. Go take over. 
You heard Antonio Daniels in the television broadcast yesterday saying you need him to be more selfish at times when he committed a turnover instead of trying to score. And then he did. He went and took it. So like I said, I like what I'm seeing out of Brandon Ingram. And I am like what I'm seeing from a lot of the other guys there as well. So, look, it was a fun win. And let's see what happens tomorrow night against Milwaukee. Let me quickly remind you, of course, you still have time since it's not live just yet. DraftKings Sportsbook is going to be soon live in Louisiana. As soon as the parishes in the state all get together and, you know, make sure everything works properly. In the meantime, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put in the code LaRose when you sign up. And when you do, you'll see. In your account, you'll have $100 in free bets just for signing up today. The best part, no deposit required. So already know DraftKings already, the official daily fantasy per, you know, partner of the NFL. You can play daily fantasy sports with them, be a part of millions of dollars in prizes. That's a different app, but same company. They're going to bring that same excitement, though, with this Sportsbook app. So DraftKings Sportsbook app is what you need to download. Use the code LaRose, and away you go. It's that simple. $100 in free bets waiting for you. No deposit required. Quick break. We come back. We'll talk to Ross Jackson, one of many guests today. As coming up here on the show, we will have not only Ross to touch on the Saints, but Ben Heisler, bottom of the hour, fantasy football. Garland Gillen, Fox 8 Sports, will put a bow on the prep season. Lots of teams won state titles from Acadiana and Baton Rouge. Not the NOLA local area. Jay Walker, voice of the Ragin' Cajuns. The New Orleans Bowl is Saturday. You are looking to win their 13th game in a row. Corey Glor, voice of the Green Wave COVID shutdown basketball. But we'll get him also touch on the recruiting class for Willie Fritz at 145. Andrew Lopez on the Pels, 205. Lee Sterling, 215. Rest of the way, your phone calls will try to squeeze them in. You'll hear from Saints players, Pels players as well. So a full show. Let's have fun. Ross Jackson next in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN News. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana, and it won't be long until you can bet on all of your favorite sports from the comforts of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LaRose when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LaRose to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-70-STOP. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Happy holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year, and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all-new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside, but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa, or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh, but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 446 3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Come on, citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. They got better as the season went on. Uh, you know, we did too on defense, so you just got to come out and stop them. That's Mr. Granderson, a member of the Saints defensive line, speaking yesterday as he will prepare to take on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ross Jackson talks a little Saints with us on Thursdays. We appreciate the time. As always, give him a follow on Twitter at Ross Jacksonola. And you probably already listened to the podcast Locked on Saints. Ross, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hey, brother. Doing well, man. Glad to be here with you. How you holding up? 
for sure, man. I'm, I'm holding up fine from this aspect of it. I, I, I kind of said it last Thursday. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win, and it was. The Jets are not mm-hmm. a good football team. I get it. But a win is a win, man, and finding a way to do so is what matters at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've had some people reach out to me and say, why are you so excited about a win with, against the Jets? <laughs> and I was like, you should have stopped at the word win. Why are you so excited about a win and ask yourself that question? Because, I look, this is a team that was on a five-game losing streak. They went out, and then they beat the team that they should have beat. And there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of history out there in which people have criticized New Orleans Saints for not beating teams that they should beat in the past. And this was a situation in which they went out and did exactly that. They did exactly what they needed to do. They snapped the five-game win streak. They did some things really well out on the field that we shouldn't discount just because of who it was against. Their own communication with one another, their uh, ability to be able to execute the play calls that were out there. I mean, all of those things are irrelevant to who is lining up opposite you, right? Some of the the ball placement, some of the decision-making, all those things are mental, right? And they are within the team. And you saw a lot of that go really well on Sunday in their win against the Jets. In that win, obviously... You can see, right, the difference Elvin Kamara makes. I mean, he is a superstar. Yeah. He is a big player. And that's what you and I have been talking about in this five-game losing streak. It's great to have a next-man-up mentality. And for the most part, it has worked for Sean Payton. But that's next-man-up for the next series of play, a game or two, to try to win with nothing but basically next-man-ups in key positions like the offensive line, receiver, and running back. That's difficult to do in the NFL, Ross, and you saw the instant impact of having a player like that has. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's hard to win in the NFL with your starters, <laughs> let alone <laughs> three, four men down, you know what I mean, at, at, at each position. And so, you know, you saw the, the energy boost that came with Alvin Kamara returning him running out on the field on a defensive possession to, you know, uh, to pump up C.J. Gardner-Johnson after an incompletion. I mean, you even saw the things that were kind of the, what I guess you would call intangibles, right? The, the things you can't track on a stat sheet that he ends up giving you as well. And so I think those are the things that you, you missed along with the on-field production. And I loved, you know, every, you know there was a lot of conversation on the, uh, on the broadcast about how he would be on a pitch count in that day during that game. And then he had he tied his career high in touches <laughs> in a game. So it just goes to show you that, you know, the, the guy's ready and, and you can tell he's excited to be back out on the field. And not only did he give you good content on the field, he gave you maybe the answer of the year in a press conference following mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, you know, he's just value everywhere at this guy. No doubt. And I think Ross, one of the other things that you saw and, and Taysom touched on it yesterday was Hill's play. And, and I think you're, you know, Sean Payton thought he was going to play better last week, and, and you did. He's dealing with the fingers. Like, he said that splinted, it's just something that's going to take time. But he said yesterday, it's going to be till after the season, until that finger heals. Yeah. He's going to have to deal with it. But, Ross, what did you think of Taysom Hill's play? Look, I, I thought Taysom played well, and I like what the New Orleans thing did to either accommodate for the cold weather or accommodate for the finger injury, whatever it was, whether it be the New Orleans thing trying to accommodate for things or just Taysom Hill knowing, you know, and operating with what he could do. They only threw three passes beyond 10 yards of the line of scrimmage in this game. The, the week before that, they threw three interceptions beyond 10, uh, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And so Taysom went out there. He completed 15 to 21 passes in this one, very efficient, 170 plus yards. And he also completed 12 of 14 of his passes between zero to nine yards of the line of scrimmage. And so they operated in this, then they operated well within this condensed offense that allowed the receivers to get some yards after catch. You saw Marquez Callaway get yards after catch, some brutal yards after catch uh, over a couple of uh, New York Jets defenders. Mm-hmm. You saw Nick Fanette again continue to pile up yards after catch. And that paired really well with the run game and the defense on the other side of the ball. It was a lot of complementary football, right? Using the short pass game as an extension of the run and running the ball down the throats of the team across from you and putting up over 200 yards rushing on the ground. And I think that that worked really well for what that team needed to do to win that game. But I think it worked really well for Taysom Hill, too, who needed to build some confidence because it's hard to play through injuries in December, period. It's hard to play through an injury that impacts your throwing hand in December even more so. It was nice, Ross, to see Marcus Davenport kind of step up, especially with no Cam Jordan there, creating literally a runway for Quan Alexander and one of his two sacks there. And, and I love hearing him after the game saying it's my job to run people over. I, I like that. Um, 
So no Cam Jordan though at practice yesterday. We we may have to. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, right? If he's going right. to play or not. But he seems to really continue when he's healthy this season to show the signs of what the Saints hoped they would get when they drafted Marcus Davenport. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you know he he's done a really good job, and he's he's showing you why he earned the New Orleans Saints picking up his fifth year option for next season. I mean, this guy has been really really disruptive, the most disruptive player on not only the defensive line, but you know I guess you could say the Saints defense in terms of the way that he impacts the plays on a down by down basis, right? And so I, I think you know when Davenport is healthy you see why it is that the Saints invested so highly in his talent and invested in his, and have invested the time in his development. And I love his attitude. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys to, to talk to. He's one of my favorite guys to, to listen to uh, in these pressers and everything as well. And, I mean, he's somebody that just, you know, for him it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, he's just kind of laid back. And it's like, yeah, it's my job. It's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to run people over. I'm supposed to move people out of the way. I'm supposed to be that earth-moving uh, defensive lineman and, and he shows time and time again and it's not just three or four plays at a time like there's two or three highlights every game but he's doing it down in and down out and so you love what you're seeing from him. all right so as we turn our attention speak with ross jackson locked on saints here to sunday here here's my dilemma i do think 11 is a lot i do think that's a lot and i absolutely don't buy sean payton monday <laughs> saying he's not going to use this as motiv- motivation he absolutely is that said you got to find points. I think the defense will do what it can, and they've played Brady very well. But I, I I need to know where the points are coming from from this aspect of it, Ross. Devin White seems to neutralize Alvin Kamara. I, I just he just does. He has the athleticism. I I just envision and see the past games of him three to five times popping Alvin in the backfield before he can touch the ball. Yeah. Just, you know. So let's say the Bucks sort of neutralize that to an extent. I think Taysom needs to be responsible for a minimum of two TDs. Where, where are the other points coming from, though, on this team? Yeah, look, I, I think you're you're right there. I think you you have to be able to set yourself up in situations to where you're able to produce through the air. Sean Payton also mentioned that uh, you know he felt pretty confident that the Saints would have a pretty good day passing based upon what it is that Tampa does on the defensive side and what they do on the defensive side is that they play a lot of zones. And that's maybe where the scheming has worked best for this crop of pass catchers over the course of the season. And so I think that it has to come through. You have to produce the passing game. And you have to force Tampa to get into some man-to-man situation. And a lot of NFL defenses, Tampa included, will shift to -to man-to-man once they get into the red zone. And so the key there is that when defenses shift to -to man-to-man, all those defensive backs, all those linebackers that are playing man coverage they turn their backs to the quarterback because they're not keeping their eyes on the you know zone the way that you would keep your eyes on you know the way that you would keep your eyes on the quarterback if you were playing zone, and so that becomes a big piece of what I think you have to see from Taysom Hill is being able to take advantage of those moments. If you can force those drives down the field, get into those, force the man-to-man situation, then all of a sudden Taysom Hill's escapability, which he has been a a fantastic scrambler over the course of these last couple of games. And I think that that's where you end up uh, really taking advantage of what Tampa then gives you. Yeah, I think he needs to he needs to be Taysom. If it's not there, run, take off and run. I, I don't think mm-hmm. overthink it this week, right, Ross? Just go use your athleticism, put them on their heels, and uh, and maybe just maybe Sean Payton's kind of kept the little page of the playbook, man. Where you know you, you force Devin White, you force Shaq Barrett to decide: is it Hill or is it Kamara that's keeping the ball? Maybe you do see some more RPOs this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all of that becomes a big piece of this. And, and the communication between Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, of course, you expect to be, you know, uh, expect to be better this week. Not that it was a hindrance last week, but because it's better this week, maybe you see more of those, you know, uh, more of those option, uh, option routes being run in the receiving game. Because that's the other piece of how Alvin Kamara has been able to be impactful against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throughout his career has been in the passing game. And so getting him involved as a receiver out of the backfield, running some of those option routes, those angle routes, Texas routes, things like that, but then also being able to add in a little bit more in terms of read option, zone option, freezing the defenders, things like that. Take advantage of how aggressive this Tampa defense can be. And the Saints have done a really good job with that so far in terms of running play action, getting Taysom Hill outside the pocket, those speed outs, those types of situations. I think you'll continue to see that, and it will all be built upon the game that they start, which I think will be – uh, you know, a heavy focus on the run game, especially if they get Mark Ingram back as well. 
at Ross Jackson Nola is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Locked on Saints, the podcast. Mr. Ross Jackson joins us Thursdays to talk a little Saints football. Sir, thank you so much as always, man. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the week. And we'll chat next week. Thanks, brother. You as well. Be safe. Appreciate you as always. For sure. As always. General D, thanks for holding on, sir. I'm going to give you about two minutes and then we'll get to Ben Heisler. Any fantasy football questions? Now's the time to kind of start tweeting at us at ESPN Radio Nola. Get ready to call in. General D, what's up, sir? How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of in line with what Ross was saying. You know, you need to be happy about a win. I'm calling about the Pelicans, per se. Is because uh, this team, you know, needed needed that victory. Um, But one thing I'm not going to do is let them off the hook from the fact of front office. Um, You you know, what's killing this team right now is you're devoid of talent in certain areas. Obviously, without Zion being on the floor, it kind of changes that dynamic of your team. One positive thing was, I mean, B.I. did step up down the stretch. Yeah, He struggled to the free throw line, uh, made some big shots, and hit his free throws. Um, got the steal. I mean, this this guy, you know, maybe he's turning the corner. I think he's a great number two guy. Um, and Devonta Graham has been a guy that's been able to actually hit the big shot. I mean, it was a prayer that was answered for sure. But my, my concern uh, is a little bit uh, kind of both things. I mean, obviously we know Willie Green's got this team buying in and they're playing for each other. But down the stretch, I thought, you know, one of the things that really kind of bothered me was that you have an army full of coaches, assistant coaches, that they should have gone over to the officials and said, we are filing. And the guy that was trying to execute the file as a veteran, he could have done the same thing. I mean, it's not right. like he could have told the official, we are going to file. You don't get the file. You almost lost the game. Could have been a three and an and one on mm. that. Um, so that was very that was very troubling from my standpoint. And then the really kind of goes back to David Griffin all along is that here's a guy, not saying I wanted Lonzo Ball in our lineup, but basically you got Saharansky, Temple, and a bag of chips. Uh, and I think if they'd have so, you know, sold him at the at the um, the deadline last year before, uh, you probably could have got more on his value. And they were holding on to him. I'm not really sure why, thinking overvaluing him. And actually, you got really nothing for him. And now you're trying to play guys that are taking away minutes from younger guys. And it yeah. really no, frustrates I, you look, watching this team. I, I'm with you, General D. Yesterday, I actually tweeted, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I, I literally tweeted, somebody give me one reason why Sadaransky's on this roster right now. I just, I, or, and to your point, can Trey Murphy not get those minutes? I mean, can, it, he can't be worse. Sato doesn't make a shot. It's not very good on defense. I mean, even Daniels yesterday was like, what is this guy doing? I mean, I just, I, I, I'm with you. I'd rather give that to Trey Murphy right now. That's where I'm the at. Question, the question I posed to you is you saw some of the, the balloons that were floated about Simmons. I'm not really a Simmons fan, but what would you, I know heard your show a couple days ago. What would you be willing to be as a buyer for him? Um, you know, obviously we can get him on the cheap. It'd be worth getting him just to have another asset. Right. Either moving. I think Fred Vincent could actually work on a shot, getting better at the free throw line. And I think you could dictate some matchups. If you played him at the four, you play, and hold me, listen to me here. You play Zion at the one when he gets healthy or the two, uh, interchangeable spot there. You, then you play uh, B.I. at the two or the three, and then you have Valanciunas at the four. Now you get the ball off the rim. You get that, you know, push the ball off the floor like Lonzo Ball used to do where we could get out and run, and I think you changed some matchups. You know, I wouldn't mind saying it. I know it would change the dynamic of your roster due to the head case, but right now we need NBA basketball players that can impact the game, and guys like Sadoransky and Temple that are on the roster and given us that many minutes, it's a travesty. Also, the last thing I'm going to say is that I love the way uh, Josh Hart plays, but the guy makes too many turnovers right now, and I think he's playing too many minutes. You're being asking him to do things that maybe he's not as good as, and that's actually a detriment instead of a positive. So I'd like to see other guys in this roster, and, and it, it all falls at David Griffin's feet, and we can't give him a pass. He needs to step up and make some moves because if not, we're going to be sitting here with a team that has some young talent, some young pieces, and I think mm-hmm. if we put a couple pieces around him, this, this city will get behind you if you win. But right now we're not doing it, and uh, I, I'm concerned. But overall, great win, and I'm excited about uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, what's going to happen with, with that game. But uh, just wondering where you get your take on that. Not a problem, man. I'll definitely touch on that here in a quick set. Got to get Ben Heisler on, though, because obviously fantasy football matters to some people that are still alive in the playoffs. That is for sure. <laughs> Andrew Lopez will join us at 205. We'll talk a little bit more about the Pels' win last night. They're practicing today, so we'll have the very latest from the guys over there at the training facility as well. Ben Heisler next on ESPN New Orleans. We, we start, shine, go. Oh, 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 oh
energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Terrio, Douay, and Terrio. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio, Douay, and Terrio to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio, Douay, and Terrio at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafourche in Golden Meadow. Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. At Benny Heiss is the way to follow over on Twitter. Mr. Ben Heisler, always a pleasure when we have him on. And we got a ton to get into. Ben, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Gus. Can I can I make a request to always be bumped back in with my block? That's That's my jam right there. Nice, buddy. There you go. Write it down. When we have Ben Heisler on, that's the music he likes, man. I love that. Let's go. Um, Urban Meyer got fired today. <laughs> uh, I think he kind of saw Look, I read that last night, man, where he's kicking one of his kickers in the leg or thigh while he's warming up. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of a worse disaster that that has been in through 13 weeks. 13 weeks, that's not – I mean, the the Mark. I, I think about the Mark Trestman experiment in Chicago, but that lasted two years, and they actually mm-hmm. had a decent offense in year one. Uh, Steve Wilkes in Arizona, uh, he had one year. They drafted Josh Rosen, and then they hired Cliff Kingsbury, and they drafted Tyler Murray. Things are going much better after that. I, I can't think of a worse example in the NFL this quickly, this soon, with this much fanfare. Than, than Urban Meyer. And, and frankly, you know, I, I, I'm hearing a lot of the same conversations, you know, in Chicago regarding sort of the current state of, of head coach Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, who obviously spent a lot of time in, in your guys' city in New Orleans. I, I think what a lot of this comes down to is when you don't have, you know, like a football czar in charge of the actual hiring operations, this, this is when you have dysfunctional franchises and, and, Shad Khan has made some very bad hires as the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now his, his son is doing some pretty awesome things with uh, with the, the wrestling group that he's a part of, and they've grown really fast and they're starting to, to turn up a little bit. But until you actually get an actual football operations guy that knows what to look for, that sees some of these red flags coming out, I, I think Jacksonville is going to continue to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see who takes that job and where you go from that aspect of it. Obviously, in the world of fantasy sports, you look at different quarterbacks. And, you know, you, we've we've touched on this, man. The relationship you have with your coach and what kind of system and things that nature goes with in line of your matchups. And then you add this right. week, Baker Mayfield is out with COVID. I mean, so many teams being affected, seven teams in advanced COVID protocol uh, situations with the NFL how do you take that into account this week when you put together who to sit and who to start? Yeah, I, I would basically go with the assumption that just 
because they have a chance to play, uh, that's it's not worth risking it. You're okay. likely in the postseason at this point, or maybe this is the final week of your regular season. I, I'm all hands on deck. I'm taking shots at the waiver wire for players in advantageous matchups. Like, for example, maybe somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo is just hanging around, or, or Tua Tagovailoa. Um, you know, Miami's taking on the Jets this week uh, and big favorites at home. Uh, these are guys that you might have to rely on if you have a player test positive at the quarterback side. Um, I mean, it's just this outbreak is taking over not just in the NFL, but in sports. And I also think the NFL is going to do whatever they can to make sure that these teams get played. It's not like the NBA where you have a little bit more of an opportunity to make them up. So I think you have to be aggressive here. If the playoffs are on the line and you're trying to take it week by week, you kind of have to have the same mentality as the NFL. Uh, you don't want to wait until Sunday morning when it's going to be slim pickings. If you have a few opportunities to go ahead and grab somebody that could make a, a difference for you um, and make sure that you don't have an empty spot on your roster, you have to go ahead and take that chance. No doubt. And it's crazy to think of some of the slates and some of the games. Obviously, it's everything's important now, starting with tonight. Chiefs and Jags, KC a three-point favorite. You know, it's nuts because I felt like everyone was ready to bury Kansas City. Their defense is playing much better. What is it? The last three games have given up only nine points. And Justin Herbert's had an up-and-down sort of season. So I'm interested in this matchup here in L.A. What do you see? I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, there's some reports that Chris Jones, the, the outstanding defensive tackle for Kansas City, is going to be able to be cleared to play. He went to the COVID protocol earlier in the week. Um, and, and without him, the, the Chiefs defense has been a mess. Um, but over their last, you know, during the six-game winning streak and in four of their last five games, uh, they've put together a pretty remarkable accomplishment, and that's give up no more than 10 points in four of the last five games that they've played. The last team to do that was the 2014 Seattle Seahawks Legions of Boom defense. So you're talking about a defense that had been one of the worst in the NFL to one of the best in the NFL on this particular run. And slowing down Justin Herbert's not going to be easy. They had all sorts of difficulty against him last time. Uh, he moved the ball downfield. He was uh, he took some chances with uh, in the run game as well. So I think it's a fascinating game. I think Herbert not having Rashawn Slater, their uh, left tackle, who's been mm-hmm. outstanding out of Northwestern this year, is a really big deal. But uh, the, the key really for, for Kansas City, I think, is you have a Chargers defense that is still atrocious against the run first. Many positive things that they're doing, that's still an aspect of their team that they have not been able to fix. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to need to have a big game tonight for Kansas City to really be effective. The Chargers have been very good. They've been notorious. It's slowing down the passing game. Mahomes had some issues against them last time out. He's still Mahomes, and they still have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Uh, and it's a warm weather, good climate over at uh, SoFi Stadium. So they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. But if Edwards-Hilaire gets going, Chiefs maintain time of possession, keep Herbert off the field, uh, then Kansas City should be able to cover this game and win fairly easily. Mike on Twitter wants to ask you, should he start Eckler tonight? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that the Chiefs defense has been really good, but they still have had some issues in slowing down the run as well. Uh, I think back to that Sunday night game against Denver where the only thing that the Broncos had working for them was Javonte Williams, uh, who rushed for, I think, a buck 47, a couple of touchdowns in that game. Um, Eckler is going to have uh, plenty of opportunities to get himself going. So I think he's absolutely worth the start here. Okay. Any other matchups you see this week, Ben, that scream, sit, or start? I, I don't know if I would be starting anybody in the Miami and Jets game. I think a couple of Miami <laughs> guys are in play. Jalen Waddle right. um, is, is just went on, on you know protocol. But, I mean, the Dolphins right now have all sorts of issues with COVID protocol with their running backs. Maybe somebody like Devontae Parker could potentially be in play. Um you know, I, I think maybe a bit of a sneaky matchup this week could be uh, Cincinnati and Denver. Those are two very desperate teams that are trying to make a, a postseason push. I, I, thought a, I saw a lot of moxie from Joe Burrow last week. They didn't ultimately get the win at home against the 49ers. Right. Uh, but he got Jamar Chase going. You saw how dangerous that offense could be when Mixon is running effectively, when Chase is going downfield. T. Higgins has had an awesome second half. Uh, and then on the other side, you, you have a dynamic rushing approach right now with Denver. I think Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are both in play. Um, so I, I think that's maybe a game that you could see a little bit of uh, a little bit of scoring that most people wouldn't necessarily anticipate. And and for what it's worth, you know, Houston's still one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I, sure. I think Jacksonville, despite the fact that they had eight rushing yards last week, 
I think Trevor Lawrence could be in line for a really solid game. I, I like him. I like Chenault. I think Marvin Jones could be in play, especially as a deep threat. Houston's not going to stop anybody, and Davis Mills isn't going to go ahead and storm anybody on the other side. So I think Jacksonville might be a bit of a sneaky play this week. I kind of like that. All right. Ben, uh, you're absolutely right, man. It's nuts to think Cleveland and Denver, what's at stake in this one? Literally, it felt like two, three weeks ago after that win against Baltimore, people were saying they were the best team in the AFC and had a, good, had a shot at the top spot, you know? <laughs> and now they're literally on the outside looking in at the playoff picture. Um, what can folks, folks find over there at BetSided, sir? Yeah, they can find a bunch heading into tonight's game. We got prop bets. We got uh, previews for all the different games in the NFL. Bowl season gust starts yes. tomorrow, which is very mm-hmm. exciting. So we got plenty of stuff for the Boca Raton Bowl and the New Orleans Bowl and the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, which I think starts on either Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. So if you're looking for college football or NFL analysis, we got plenty. And, of course, it's a busy slate in the NBA. And, by the way, shout out to uh, the, the, the former Jayhawk, Devontae Graham, on the best game-winning shot I have ever seen ever. Me, I, I take that back. It was the second best. The first okay. one was about 10 years ago. Christian Watford, that three-pointer to beat Kentucky in 2011 when uh, Kate, when uh, Kentucky was the number one seed and he hit the shot for Indiana. But Devontae Graham, shout-out to the Jayhawk for, for what a spectacular shot. That was some of the best 10 seconds of NBA basketball, regular season basketball that I've ever seen. I don't know if you've heard it. You know where the home for the Pelicans, but this was Todd Graffinini's call, voice of the Pels. Giddy will float it into Shea, and he throws up a three. <laughs> From 37 feet, nothing but net. Temple was trying to foul him. They didn't call it. Inbound to Devontae. Three-quarter court. Good if it goes. He baked it in. He baked it in. He baked it in. The Pelicans (laughs) have won by the most improbable shot you can even think of. Back-to-back improbable shots. And the Pels win at 113-110, and they are running off the floor and getting the heck out of Dodge. My wife yelled at me because I was yelling on the couch for both of them. I was like, no! And then I was like, you kidding? I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. So thank you, Ben. It's a, it's a great, great call. And I, I love it so much just because you could just hear the, the frustration in his voice Absolutely. after Shea Gilchrist Alexander right. nailed that shot. It's like, all right, now I guess we're going to overtime. He'll heave it off, and oh my god, it hit. So that was that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And yes, I, I I did hear the call last night, but I was happy to hear it again. Okay, thank you, man. Appreciate the time as always. At Benny Heisler, the way to follow Ben Heisler on Twitter. We'll talk again next week, sir. You got it, guys. Garland Gillen, Fox 8 Sports is next on ESPN New Orleans. I'm back. It's the command season sales event at Barker Kia, which means you can save on our entire lineup of new Kia. These Kias are packed with value and technology. Best of all, these new Kias come with our famously low Barker Kia price. Take a look at the all-new Ultra Sporty 2022 Kia K5, a rebellious design built to root a road with an 8-inch touchscreen and lane-keeping technology that all comes standard. Or drive home in a new 2022 Kia Sorento, the third-row 7-seat SUV that comes standard with family-favorite features like smartphone integration. And of course, we have to mention the all-new Kia Carnival MPV, the SUV-inspired van as a radical departure from the usual. Now that says it all. So come save during Kia's Command the Season sales event at Barker Kia. And get our famously low Barker Kia price. And you know all these new Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warrant. That's Barker Kia at Homer. Or shop online at BarkerKia.com. Come see me, people. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See Kia.com or retailer for details. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At The King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring The King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. 
For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavalum, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalum. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Garland Gillen probably has his phone plugged in because it is fast and furious in the world of Twitter right now with so much news, especially when it comes to the Tigers. Players coming in and players entering the transfer portal. Garland, I've been following your feed. We'll get to that in a quick second. First off, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Gus, I mean, this is why I love high school, college, pro football. It is 24-7, 365. Don't ever take a break. It's just fast and furious. So, uh, yeah, there's no offseason. High school football ended on Saturday, mm-hmm. but now high school recruiting's heating up and the transfer portal's on fire right now. No doubt. Um, so, check this out. Um, I asked you the last time I talked to you about where high school football was in the championships and some of the teams that were favored or not. It seems like unless they were from Baton Rouge or Lafayette, that's where most of the state championships went. What were your thoughts on championship weekends? Yeah, first off, Gus, I thought your your Crusaders were going to win state. I was pretty open telling everybody I knew that. I thought Brother Martin uh, and Mark Bonise had one of the best teams ever. And just Brian Manali and Jesuit had a good game plan and, and beat them in Gormley. There was like fifteen to 20,000 fans in that place. It was wild. But then at Yulman Stadium, uh, you know, Catholic got the better of, of Jesuit in a, a close game, 14-10. to 10. Uh, On the first series of the game, they snapped the ball over the punter's head for Jesuit. And Catholic scored, and that kind of turned the game upside down. But to be honest, Gus, no one expected Ryan Manali to do much in his first year, you know, to kind of get his guys in there, mm-hmm. you know, get his coach and staff and everything together. And they made the state title game, so I was really impressed with them. But uh, St. Charles Catholic, I think, is the story of all classifications and divisions. Um, they got hit hard by Ida. Uh, a lot of, I think Coach yeah. Stein told me 70% of their kids were living either in trailers or outside their homes or staying at friends' houses. And they went undefeated this year, Gus, which is an unreal story for the St. Charles Catholic comments. So I, it was a fun year. Uh, I was really sad to see Hank Tierney not pull it out in the dome there. He had 300 wins, and he's a legend in our uh, in, in our area. Right. So it was fun, man. Another season uh, is is done with now. I, I when when you look back at the regular season there as well, what would say storyline and two that, that that sort of stood out? I, I thought a, one for sure is obviously because of the name, and obviously we're doing recruiting and signing day stuff too with with Arch Manning. How did you think Arch Manning and Newman's season was this year? Yeah, I would probably say disappointing. Uh, three yeah. losses is definitely not Newman's standard, and one of those losses came to St. Charles Catholic in a close game, and St. Charles Catholic wound up winning the state championship game. So, uh, yeah, I would, I, you would definitely say it was a disappointing season for uh, Newman. I'm sure Arch didn't like his numbers this year either, uh, though he's not a numbers guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's a team guy, but his numbers weren't as, as good as they usually are. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was a disappointment uh, uptown for the Greenies. Now, we'll say this, Lafayette Christian Academy is moving to Division uh, 2 next year. They're going to be out of Division 3, which is what Newman plays in. So, St. Charles Catholic and Newman will be right back in the mix next year fighting for uh, a state title. Uh, you know, Arch only has one more run at this, and this is over with for them. This is Newman's best shot to probably win state ever is when you got Arch Manning playing quarterback since probably the 90s when his uncle was. So, yeah, that was a disappointing one for the Green Machine. And Garland Gillen on Twitter is the way to follow Garland from Fox 8 Sports covers the prep as well as I know anybody does, man. You do a great job. So since you do that, sir, and you look at how signing day goes, look, whether it's Tulane, UL, the impact there, and and just across the state, and LSU getting the top two players in the state to go and stay in state as well, once again, the the talent level in the state is is pretty good, right? And as you saw, other schools, Florida and uh, and Alabama, come in and try to get some, some talent as well. Yeah, I've always thought if you can lock down Louisiana that you can do well in recruiting and you can bring those guys on the field and win national championships. And that's what uh, Coach Ogeron did. He locked up the state. Now, uh, Pete Golding is uh, is the defense coordinator for Alabama. He's from Hammond. Jabbar Jaluk is now at Florida. Uh, he, you know, obviously was coaching in New Orleans, New Orleans. So between Pete Golding and Alabama, 
in Jabbar Jaluka, Florida. You got two guys that are working this area pretty hard. Now, Mickey Joseph is, I, I call him the godfather of recruiting. He's probably one of the best recruiters ever. But he came in so late on Aaron Anderson and Edna Carr, the wide receiver, and Shaz Preston, the wide receiver, St. James. Shaz admitted to, to me when I interviewed him that, that Frank, if he had more time, maybe Frank could have gotten to go to LSU. But Frank came in so late in the process that he couldn't get those guys in there. But I will say this. I, I know there's a, a third receiver went in the transfer portal today for LSU. But if there's one spot that LSU can pick up those guys at, it's that, it's that wide receiver. They got, they got a good, healthy crew already. And, and they'll just reload. Uh, I mean, if Brian Kelly is going to get his guys, uh, you know, at every position. But the big one is is that they now are getting offensive linemen at LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Kelly's a Midwestern guy. That's where some of the best linemen in America come from the Midwest. So that's the one area that I, I saw as a concern for LSU, and they're, they're, they're crushing it right now in the transfer portal and in uh, signing uh, with uh, three of them or four of them uh, yesterday. That's what I was going to say. Tell folks how big the signing is of um... – well, the offensive lineman that just got there as well, uh, I got uh, Miles Frazier. Miles Frazier, yeah, from Florida International. I mean, when you're beating out Ohio State and Florida State for an offensive lineman, that's a pretty strong, uh, uh, strong pull for Brian Kelly and his staff. He, uh, he, I mean, he's brought many of you guys from Notre Dame to the NFL, so I think he could do the same here. That's the only thing that this state lacks. It's always lacked offensive linemen. Now with this class, though. Will Campbell and Emory Jones, a Catholic, and Bo Bordelon and Newman. You had three in-state linemen, which was, I mean, an embarrassment of riches. They never have a lot of offensive linemen in the state, and we won't have a big-time offensive lineman in the state, I think, for the next two or three recruiting cycles. Mm-hmm. So that that was big for them. Um, and obviously, you know, we're we're talking. I'm, I don't know if we're going to get to her, but I mean, the Miles Brennan news just blew me away today. Um, everything I've been told that. That ship has sailed. He was over with with LSU. He was moving on. He had other suitors, other colleges were were going at him, and he was about to commit to another school. And then Brian Kelly brought that phone, you know, called him up on Monday morning, and then talked to him again on Wednesday and turned him back to LSU because he was gone. Okay, I, I, I even posted that that that, that ship has sailed. He's gone. He's moving on. And Brian Kelly, man, he's a convincing guy, I guess, because he got Miles Brennan back to LSU. Now, the mm-hmm. job is not going to be given to Miles Brennan. He's going to have to beat out Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard uh, in the fall. But uh, Miles Brennan likes the direction that Brian Kelly has in the program, and he's back in the fold for a sixth year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I was going to go there uh, next. Uh, is that maybe one of the, the early signs of what kind of recruiter Brian Kelly can sort of be in trying to convince him? Because we had heard, and I know Matt Moscona has mentioned it a lot on his show Garland, that maybe Walker Howard's preference was to sit a year and to maybe wait and kind of develop and do those things. And he was coming off of an injury as well. Yeah, this is a big one. I mean, Brian Kelly, I've only seen his press conference. I know he likes to use the word alignment a lot. I know that's what he said a lot in the first presser we had with him when he got introduced. But to get Miles Brennan back, I think that's a huge pull for him. Garrett Nussmeyer still rough around the edges throws a lot in traffic, uh, throws some interceptions, got a cannon for an arm. Walker, you're right, Walker uh, struggled with injuries this year, got back to the playoffs. They lost to Edie White uh, in the uh, the playoffs, so it wasn't the year that Walker Howard wanted. But he's a five-star quarterback, and I think they're going to continue to get uh, four- and five-star quarterbacks. One thing to watch, we're going back to Newman and Arch Manning, now, I know that Georgia and Alabama and Texas are, are some of the favorites of land Arch Manning. One thing just to keep an eye on, and I think that Arch might go to LSU and give an official visit, is that Brian Kelly hired Brian Polian as a special teams coordinator. Okay. Brian Polian's father is Bill Polian, legendary general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And sure enough, Bill Polian's the one that brought Peyton Manning into the Colts. So just keep that in mind going forward that Brian Polian – you know, the Mannings love the Polian family, so that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But right now, LSU does not have an OC and a DC, and I think that's the next move for Brian Kelly is now that the uh, early national signing day is pretty much wrapping up, he now needs to lock in that OC and DC. Next 30, 60 seconds, sir, who do you think those OC and DCs would be if you had to, you know, Ooh. just guess? I know, I'm the same thing. I, when people ask well, me, no, like, Joe, no, no Joe Brady, okay? That, that, that's not happening, okay? Brady does not like to recruit. So that, that's the one key with him. And I think he's made it really obvious that he wants to just go back to the NFL. Um, it is wide open, Gus. I, I really don't even have an inkling of who would get either one of those gigs. 
Uh, I know that the, the Kentucky defense coordinator was getting some uh, getting some talk out there, but I think he's going to stay now in Lexington. Yep. So I don't I don't know an either front there. I, I know some possibilities, you know, of of uh, some local guys at other positions. I mean, there was one person that that I know is a fantastic recruiter. Uh, is he Golding at Alabama, the defensive coordinator? But man, he's in a pretty good spot at Alabama. But you could say, who really runs that defense? Is it Nick Saban run? Is he Golding uh, running that defense? And if he can get, if he can run that entire defense himself at LSU mm-hmm. and get a ton more money, but Alabama's got big money too. So that would be the only one I could think off the top of my head because he's a fantastic recruiter. But I don't know who runs Alabama's defense. You know, is Nick getting his hands in there? So that maybe is one guy you could possibly watch. Yeah, when we had Brody Miller on two weeks ago, Garland, he he mentioned Gooling as um as the defensive coordinator and uh one of the offensive coordinators that went went to Oklahoma. The other though was Art uh, not Art Kendall Bronze from Arkansas could be yeah. a possibility here as well. So yeah, we'll Kendall Bronze and they don't they don't pay a lot on those Ar- Arkansas uh the assistant. So that that is somebody you could possibly watch. At Garland Gillen, it's the way to follow Garland Gillen from Fox 8 Sports, man. Always enjoy the time we get, we we, uh, we can get you on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem, G-Cat. Have a good one. Yep, for sure. Hour one, booms done in the books. More show next on ESPN New Orleans. Mexican restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp taco, 